Hello again, and welcome back to the Gospel Boldly podcast, where we confess with St. John that these things are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. We're your hosts, I'm Thomas Lemke. And I am Pastor Eric Brown. One of us is feeling much better than, I guess, I would say last time, but you, you, weren't, you were here with us in spirit last time. Eight days, man. Eight days. It was almost Johannine. <laughs> On the eighth day, da da da, da. Oh, it, it was four days of just no energy, and then after that, I had four days of fever. It was horrendous. It was a, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be a 10-pounder when all is said and done, that I, I lost 10 pounds from this. All right. So, well, I, but, I, I, as but, your, your advice is always to push fluids during the, the sickness season, I assume that's not water. I, I was drinking probably, well, I had a good 44-ounce cup that I fill, would fill up probably three or four times a day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, yeah, yeah. My, my mom's a nurse, my wife's a nurse. Pre- press fluids when <laughs> sick. For so. sure. And uh, I, I'm mostly better. I've got occasional cough, but but my, my microphone here has a cough button, so I can see you guys didn't hear that. That's good. <laughs> so, but, so, so we're good to go. It'll be good to get back into John. It's good to get in God's Word. Absolutely. Rest for the body is good. The Word of God is food for the soul. Let's get into that. That's good. Perfect. All right. So when last we left the uh, the gospel, we had finished with uh, Jesus and the woman caught in adultery, mm-hmm. which is, of course, right on the heels of Jesus in the temple talking to the Pharisees and really uh, riling some, some I guess, uh, dissension up. Twisting some tail feathers. Oh, there we go. All kerfluffled. So then proceeding from uh, chapter 8, verse 12. Mm-hmm. All right. Let, let's start. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. All right. Now, make sure we hear this right. We have again an ego and me, an I am statement. Mm -hmm. This is Jesus speaking, claiming divine authority. And what does he say? I'm the light of the world. Light that, that, that. I mean, this is just like what you get at the very beginning of John's gospel. But you get this note, additional note. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. That word for walk is a great word for walk. It is peripatesane. Okay. Which comes from peripateto, which is one of my favorite words in Greek. Um, and it's a great word of comfort, I think, for us today. There's that word in Greek for walk, which means like I'm walking from point A to point B. Like I, I need to get over to the kitchen sink, so I walk to the kitchen sink. Okay. Then there's this word peripateto. Uh, what does peri mean at the beginning of a word? About, around, approximate. Yeah, like, like perimeter. Yeah. Or periscope. It, it, it lets you look around. And pateto is basically your, your foot, your walking. And so this is a walking that's not a I'm walking directly here, but it's just kind of you're, you're strolling. You're, you're walking around with, without a direct, definite place to go. And here's why this word is a great comfort. Thomas, how often do you not know where exactly you're going in life? <laughs> uh, virtually always, I, I suppose. How often does it come up where it's a matter of, so, hey, kid, what you going to do with your life? Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, hey uh, how, how are you going to do this? Uh, I don't know. Right. I, I mean, that, 
that really is a standard straight state of being. The point is, when you are walking around, even not knowing what you're going to do, when you are with Christ, he is with you. The light of the world is with you. It's not a matter of, all right, if you get your ducks in a row and go through this holy obstacle maze that I've set up, then finally at the end of the tunnel, I will be there with you. Aha, I am the light at the end of the tunnel. No, no, that's not what Jesus says. He is the light of the world. He enlightens the world. So you go wander around. You go do your thing. Try your best. Try and figure out what's going on. And you know what? Wherever you wander, I'm your God and I will be with you. I will be there for forgiveness for your sin. Sort of a so, not all who wander are lost kind of idea. <laughs> I mean, and so when you think about it, it, it really is a, a, a comforting idea. Uh-huh, for sure. That, that, that even if, from my perspective, I don't know what's going on, uh, is God still in control? Totally. Does God know what's going on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so even if I... This is one of the things that, that comes up. We, we all, in our lives, are just kind of schlepping along as best we can. You know what? God is with us. And and he's not with us because we're so smart and we've got it all figured out. Eh, no, he's with us because he's with us. In spite of the fact that we don't have stuff figured out. Mm-hmm. That, that's okay. So so you have here this word from Jesus that is this great word of comfort. I am the Lord. I am with you. I will be with you wherever you end up wandering, meandering to, because I'm the light of the world and... You're, you're, you're going to be in the world, so you're not going to be able to run away from me. So I am with you. You would think this would be happy, wonderful stuff that no one could complain about. You would think. All right. All right. Are, are, are we ready for the complaint? Yes. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I came from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. Yet, even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. We'll pause. Now, this seems like an odd complaint. Um, generally today, if I am talking about myself, someone doesn't walk to me and say, well, you're talking about yourself, so I don't believe you. Well, we might not be that bold-faced or just that blunt, but, but, uh, Tom, have you ever talked to someone and thought they might have been telling you a little bit of a fish tale? Totally. Right. So, I mean, the, the more charitable way of putting the, the spin on this is they're saying, ah, you're just kind of bragging, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You're, you're probably exaggerating. But they don't come at it from a mild perspective. They don't. They don't take that that what would be kind of a reasonable objection, mm-hmm. and bring it forth in a reasonable way. They come out both barrels firing. Your testimony is bunk because you're the one who's talking. So 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 it's an understandable thing to be okay. May, maybe he's talking a little much. Maybe I'm not quite. But they're taking that doubt and just laying into Jesus. Boom. And Jesus says, you know what? I, I, I'm telling this is the truth, guys. I mean, that the, the, just the fact that I'm saying it doesn't mean that it has to be wrong. I, I, mean, I, I can tell a story about how, how I almost went to Harvard because I'm the one telling it. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. Sure. 
even if someone might say, I'm not sure if I believe I want some corroboree. Oh, yeah, so you can't just say, oh, you're telling the story, so it must be... No, that, that, that's, that's illogical, guys. That's grasping at, at straws and reasons not to believe. In fact, know what he points out. He brings up this idea of, of judgment. You judge according to the flesh. What is happening is you are looking at this and trying to find reasons to condemn, reasons not to believe. You're trying to find technicalities that let you write me off. You're acting judgmental. When we think about being judgmental, a lot of times, practically speaking, it becomes a matter of what's my excuse not to listen to someone. Well, you know, I can't listen to Thomas because he wears glasses. And as we all know, people who wear glasses are nerds. Don't you wear contacts, Pastor Brown? Shut up. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's trying to find an excuse to, to not. Oh, oh well, I, I can't like this person because they don't root for the University of Oklahoma. Therefore, oh, if they root for LSU, they must be bad. Well, that, that, that's not the point. That, that, but how often in our own lives will we come up with excuses to write off what someone says? irregardless of whether or not what they've said is right. As often as we find fault at some level with what they're saying, I suppose. I mean, this is the whole base of that whole ad hominem mm-hmm. logical fallacy. I, I can't believe what, I can't believe this be, because Bob said it, and Bob's a bad person. Well, <laughs> that, that might be a reason to take into doubt, but, but no, Bob was just telling you it was snowing outside, and guess what? There's snow on the ground. It was snow. Really? And so, basically, Jesus is is cutting off these folks with their ad hominem attack. And Jesus, look, my my job, my goal isn't to judge. I'm not trying to come up with reasons to condemn you guys. This is uh, something that I think is very important to remember too. Just for for how do people treat God when they when they do their theology, when they describe God, is God's attitude towards humanity? I am looking to find the reason to send them to hell. No, lucky for us. <laughs> right, right. I mean, but, but how often will you end up hearing preachers where, oh, God's kind of looking out for that. If you don't have the I's dotted and the T's crossed, oh, he's yeah. going to get you. As though your salvation hinges upon you. Well, no, it hinges upon Christ. He, 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 he crossed the T. It was called the cross. There you go. He, he dotted the eyes with the drops of his own blood from his pierced side. He's got it covered. And so when you listen to people do theology, are they treating Jesus as though he is eager to save or eager to judge? He says right here, I, I don't judge. That's not my, if I were to judge, I'd be accurate, but, I, but that, that's not my, my goal, not my thing, man. All right. Cool. All right. You want to take a little bit further? Yes, yeah. let's. All right. Uh, okay, 17. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. Then they said, or they said to him, therefore, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. These words he spoke in the treasury, as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him, because his hour had not yet come. Think about that. Jesus says, eh, my father bears witness. Well, where's your father? 
And Jesus says, you don't know. You, you don't even have an idea. You don't have a clue. I've just said, I've pretty much bluntly stated that I am God. That the Father and I are one. I, I've made a claim for my, my divinity. And you guys can't even grasp it. You don't even have an idea. You don't, you don't, it, it doesn't make any sense. And yet you get this wonderful note from John. Even as Jesus is doing all this to just torque off people, to, to, to aggravate them, even though he's in the temple, they don't arrest him. Why? Because his hour had not yet come. Because he still has more conversation, more teaching, more miracles to do. So again, you get this beautiful contrast that up here of God is in control. Jesus can go wander around the temple spouting stuff off that really gets people angry. The Father is still in control. And Jesus will remain and he will teach and preach even until the time that things have been set up for him. Now, we're going to move on here in, in, in John 8. And, and, and what we're going to be coming up on is just some of the great argumentation in all of Scripture. Some of the great, let's go knock some heads. So, but I think we're coming up on a break. For sure. So, we'll... so, so let's do the break, and when we get back to that, we'll dive in more. All right? All right. Sounds good. And we are back to the Gospel Boldly Podcast, where we are moving through John 8. John 8 becomes one of the great chapters of, of discussion and fighting and argumentation in, in any of the Gospels. And we're, we're, we're getting up to some fighting words. We're going to start again at John 8.21. Any questions before we dive in? Is there any? There goes the cough button. Any uh, significance to the uh, fact that Jesus is teaching, uh, teaching in the treasury specifically? I, that's mentioned. It, it's more specific than just he's teaching in the temple, So, which leads me to think maybe there's significance, but then again, maybe not. Well, if you think about it, he's already overturned the tables. Right. So, I mean, th- this is really, it, it would be easy to grab him if you wanted to grab him there oh okay yeah so i mean that that, that's some of i mean he's he's in the belly of the beast as it were gotcha so it's not like it's not like he's shouting a bunch of stuff hanging by the courtyard door ready to to bolt and run if anyone looks askance at him he is in the heart of the place one more question on this i mean following with what we've seen before uh if listeners you know go back a couple episodes Aren't we during the Festival of Lights that is Hanukkah right now? And he's talking about being the light of the world. Is there any significance to the tie-in there? We might be. Because he had... I thought he, was, uh, I thought he came up at booths. Oh, no, it is booths. No, you're right. There's there's another one about Solomon's portico and the Feast of That, that would have been Lights. awesome, but yeah. no, we're not at Hanukkah. He's not, he's not sitting there with a dreidel. That so, might be later that, in the that, Gospel. That would, we, we'll see. We might get there. Yeah. So. All right. Well, cool. let's, let's dive back in and, and get a good read on. All right. So he said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself, since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come? This is again one where it's like, Close, but no cigar. When Jesus tells the... And it's one of the ones where it's just always a, a majoring and minor. Whenever they respond, 
they don't hit the main point that you would expect for the response. If I look at you and I say, Thomas, I'm going away. You're going to try and find me and you're going to die in your sin. Where I'm going, you can't come. What would kind of be the big flashing neon statement there? Hey, that's, that's pretty offensive, man. You're saying I'm dying in my sin? Who are you to judge, bub? <laughs> There's this giant... You're... <laughs> There's this giant, you're going to die in sin, man. Uh, they blew past that. Oh, is he going to kill himself? Because he said we can't go where he's going. And obviously, we would never kill ourselves. So, I mean, it's just this... Uh, the there's the self-denial to where they won't realize they won't cop to the important spiritual truths that he is speaking to and they want to find many details that they misinterpret and grouse about them mm-hmm, for so, sure let, let's hear jesus's response okay <clears throat> uh this is uh... wow 23 thank you he said to them you are from below i am from above you are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Okay, we're talk. I'm talking about heaven, guys. I'm talking about salvation. Unless you believe in me, when you die, you die in your sins. You die outside of salvation. I'm talking... Heaven versus hell type of thing. That That's where I'm going. I'm not talking... Uh, do, do you guys get it? And the answer is no. Yeah. Well, and I could point out before we move on real quick, yeah. too, that there's another ego a me there in that particular oh, 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 part, oh, oh, right? Oh. Let's see. Let me see. In 23? Mm-hmm. Uh, 24, sorry. Sorry. Okay. No, no, you're... Yeah, 23. Right. Nope. <laughs> and he said to them, I'm uh, not from the there world. There it is, in middle of 24. I from it, he does do ego and a me but they're not right smack next to each other they go ego ecton ano emi ah, okay. i of the uh, uh, of above are, are, are m so so it wouldn't have quite the same dramatic force fair enough so i don't know i don't know if most scholars count that as one of the i am sayings i don't, I don't think they know. count it per se right. in my perusing but but it's interesting but really, it's when you get the two words, ego and he, that's when it has the awesomeness, awesomeness going on. Right. All right. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I've been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand what he had been speaking or that he'd been speaking to them about the father. All right. I, I have to admit I was distracted when I got the. Who are you? I, I started thinking like the Star Wars trailer in my head because it's like less than 30 days away. But <laughs> that, that's that's totally, totally tangential and not really good theology. But they get to this and who are you? Now, again, he has said ego and me over and over again. He's been saying, I, I'm associated with the father. I mean, but this who are you is not a matter of can it be that you are the Messiah, that you are divine? It's just... And who are you? You're, you're a schlub. What, what's going on? And Jesus says, I've been telling you who I am. I, it's not like I've been beating around the bush that much. Mm-hmm. The way I am talking should make it clear to any good, pious Jew that I'm claiming to be the Messiah. 
and I'm claiming to be divine. I, I'm claiming to be, I've gotten a man, the Lord. You know, whole Genesis 4 stuff. All right, good. And they don't get it. Because it's just so out of the realm of, of what they were expecting that they just don't get it. And keep in mind, this is pious Jews. The, the, these are good Jewish boys who should be looking forward to the Messiah, who should be awaiting this to, to happen. They don't get it. So, carry on. All right. Um, I'm going to have to, like, get a... My eyes get tired this time of night. Thank you. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And He, uh, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. As He was saying these things, many believed in Him. Now, here's the thing to note. When does Jesus say people are really going to know that He is the Lord, that He is God? Uh, when he is lifted up. When you guys have put me to death, when you have lifted up the Son of Man upon a cross. This is one of the profound truths of the scriptures that we have, that no place does Christ Jesus demonstrate, show forth his divineness, the fact that he is God, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Savior, than on the cross. If you want to understand Jesus the Messiah, you have to get to the cross. It's not about earthly power. It's not about the ability to say, I like this guy better than that one. It's not about judging or anything. It's about coming and dying to forgive sins. That's where everything is. I mean, that, that, that's the old movie where John Wayne the Centurion looks up and says, Surely this was the Son of God in a good old drawl. The cross is the place where everything is shown forth for all the world to see. And he even acknowledged, you, can, you know, you, some of you guys aren't going aren't gonna to see it till then. That's just the way it's going to be. But, but here's who I am. And here some people start to believe in him. That would be a good thing, right, Thomas? Yeah, as long as the belief persisted, I suppose. Oh, 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 you had to put a qualification on it. <laughs> um, there's always a downside. Uh, how much time do we have before break? We are about uh, five minutes out, roughly. Okay, good. Um, <coughs> I missed. Um, <laughs> one of the, the downsides of when people come to faith, or, or one of the things that the, the ulterior motives can be a thought that that if I get in good with God, then what's going to happen? The good stuff's going to flow, man. I'll be on the, the divine gravy train. And so what happens is you have Jesus start talking to the people who believe in him. And what he's going to do is he's going to disabuse them of this idea that well, if I'm a good little person, I'm going to get awesome stuff. Jesus will give me the awesome sauce. Instead, no, you're, you're not a good little person. Which is okay, that's why you need to be one of my followers. But, but it's not about how awesome you are. And that's what we're going to get here, coming up in the rest of John 8. Cool, you cool. ready? Yep. Oh, this is fun. I love All it. right. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, 
If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? All right. We don't get just how stupid and insulting what they say is here. First of all, it's stupid. We're children of Abraham. Uh, we, we've never been enslaved to anyone. Uh, who rules Jerusalem at this time? That would be the uh, Roman legions in, in stead and by the command, so to speak, of the, uh, the emperor of Rome. They're a conquered people. <laughs> they, they have Pilate running around making decisions. Right. In fact, this is one of the things later on when they want to kill Jesus, they can't just up and kill him. They have to go through Rome first. Right. Well, and you've even got your puppet King Herod there. You could make an argument. Yeah. I, I mean, mean they, 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 they're enslaved to multiple layers of foreign bureaucracy. <laughs> right. So, so just on, on the, the surface level of looking at now, if you're going to brag about we're a free people, uh, no, you're conquered. So, so just cut the, the braggadocio out. Not a boast you make when you're under occupation, for sure. Right, right. But more than that, theologically, this is insulting. We are offspring. We are children of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. Here's the question I asked my, my, my folks today, because in Sunday school they were going over the Ten Commandments. That okay. was the, the lesson. How do the Ten Commandments start, Thomas? Uh, the Ten Commandments start, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. See, Thomas got the right answer. <laughs> uh, the commandments don't start with just the first commandment. The introduction to the commandments says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And there's that whole therefore. Therefore, you're not going to have any other gods. Therefore, you're going to remember. Right. This, this all flows out of the fact that I've saved you, which is a great theological point. The, the commandments are not... Okay, if we do these ten things, then maybe God will like us and we get close to him. No, no, no it's already, people, I, I, I like you. I'm your God. I've brought you into my kingdom. Here's how it goes. Here's the marching orders for you. Mm -hmm. so, but the identification of a Jewish person in the ancient world is we are the ones who were brought up out of the land of Egypt by God. We're children of Abraham. We've never been enslaved to anyone. When they say that, what are they fundamentally denying? Well, the first five books of the Bible, but <laughs> their whole faith-based system. They're undercutting the very identity of who God has said that he is. Right. I am God. I'm the one who rescued you out of slavery. Well, we've never been a slave. Oof. It's like unto, if you want to think about it in a modern term, I've never been a sinner. Well, then what? What what do you have to do with the God who redeems sinners? Mm -hmm. I don't need to be saved. I've never need I've never needed to be saved. Then what do you have to do with Jesus Christ the Savior? So what they say here is just mind-bogglingly dumb. So I guess the folks who decide to follow Jesus aren't exactly the top of the class. But so, yeah. all right. Well, we'll we'll pause there and get ready for break. We will. We will find out if Thomas is ready to be the top of the class when we come back after the break <laughs> and inquisitize him. All right. That sounded ominous.
Now begins the Inquisition. The Inquisition. What a show. The Inquisition. Here we go. We know you're wishing that we'd go away. But the Inquisition's here and it's here to stay. And we're back, and we're to that part of the show that we call the Inquisition, where we put each other to the test, or, if we get questions from listeners, we'll let y'all put us to the test. In fact, I think, Thomas, we have a question from the audience. As a matter of fact, we do. We, we should have that little, like, scene, like, you can cut in here with, with like, from Ghostbusters, where Annie Pot goes, <laughs> we got one, and the bells go off, and we're... It would take me a minute, but I actually have that sound clip on my computer already. I would I'd be oh, able to okay. just dig that out. But Okay, we will pause, and, and it will get magically spliced in. <laughs> okay, I hope and we got yeah, And now we're back, yes. All right, okay, and now we're back. We got Thomas, in the excitement, I will let you take the quest that came on in, and we'll go with this first. Okay, all right, so here, here you Seriously, go. Seriously, by the way, send us in questions, leave us stuff on Facebook, Twitter, what have you, and, and I mean, we're glad to answer. Of course. All right. So the question, I will read it as written. Christianity dismisses claims by Joseph Smith, Muhammad, and others for their claims of revelation. For instance, golden plates, etc. The Apostle Paul also experienced revelation, as did the prophets in the Old Testament. How would we respond to skeptics that pit the revelations of the Christian offshoot cults, i.e. Mormonism, Islam, against those of the Old Testament prophets and the Apostle Paul, and contend that those claims are the same, and that if you dismiss one side, you have to, by all fairness, dismiss the other. This is one where there's a, a distinct difference in how uh, folks like Paul and, and things like that go about dealing with Revelation. Hang on one second. I'll just hum while you cough, and then and we're probably back. Yes, good. So what happens is, for for the lack of a better word, I'm going to put them the cult. The revelation to the individual is the thing. It is the definitive truth, and if you don't like it, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Whereas, and this is one of the things that, that happens throughout the Old Testament and New, when God brings up a prophet, when God, for some reason, gives special revelation to someone, he, that, that person who has that revelation speaks to people who then test him. Uh, even in the Old Testament, what was the uh, standard uh, operating procedure you were supposed to do for, uh, for folks who claim to be prophesying? Well, if something they said was going to happen didn't happen, you write them off and... and well, you, you cross them off in the form you of throwing rocks. You don't just write them off. You stone them. Yep. So there, there was always, even with the, the Christian stuff, there was the sense of uh, accountability. Mm -hmm. um, even when Paul will talk about his, his, his visions, and he, he points out, no, I, I did not learn under Peter and such. But I've talked with Peter, and, and you know what? You can go talk to Peter, and he'll say, yeah, yeah, Paul's spot on. Mm -hmm. So there's always this cross-validation. There's always this, this, the community recognizes and verifies and 
searches for false prophets, as opposed to the cult of personality where it's, well, I've gotten the awesome sauce, and, and you all better listen to me, and I'm the check on my own authority. Mm-hmm. Um, think about how often you have Paul points out, yeah, I opposed Peter to his face when he did stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the acknowledgement is when, when, when any of the, the, the Christians or the prophets the the apostles are are not acting prophetically for the lack of a better word there's knowledge of they're, they're frail fault fallible human beings that can mess up there there's no they're so awesome everything they do is great and, and so that that really is one of the the big distinctives that that the point doesn't rest upon the awesomeness of the revelation or mm. the person who has received the revelation, but rather it's just part of the whole that meshes on in with the, the faith as it's been taught. In fact, that was one of the things that, that uh, was the thing in the early church. There was a group of uh, heretics called the Montanists who basically said, you know, the Holy Spirit's still talking and still giving revelation. And the thing that, that, basically drove them out of the church is they wouldn't be checked by the rest of scripture. Even when Paul has a revelation, he's not getting some revelation that is contrary to what the other folks have taught. Mm -hmm. It's just buffering. It's the same thing. Paul tells us, even if an angel from heaven comes with something different, that's bad because we have the truth and everything that is spoken should be of the truth and for the truth and reinforcing the truth reinforcing Christ and him crucified for sinners. So if someone comes in with something else that's flopping off on the side, be it Muhammad, Joseph Smith, the Montanist, whoever, that's when you know that's bunk. So does that kind of make sense for that distinction? Great answer, yes. The, the, anytime you have revelation that is given by God, it dovetails into what the church has already had. Not a matter of, Oh, it's something completely new. We've got something different going on here. Ah, da, 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 da. <laughs> and by the way, send me money and women and awesome. I want to conquer. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Cool. All right. Well, my question for you is semi-similar, semi-along the same lines. Okay. Um, we, we just have had recently uh, another upswing in uh, Islamic terrorism and all that. And... On the one hand, you have the attitude with some of the media where we don't want to bring up Islam or, or anything religious at all with us hands off. But on the other hand, there is that strong anti-religion in general attitude. And that's what I want to address. How, how, how should you handle it? How should one handle it, Thomas? When someone comes up to you and says, you know, you Christians are just as bad as the Muslims. Don't pray for Paris. It's religion that got us into all this trouble. Christianity is just as bad as Islam. Harumph. How do you respond to that? Colombo technique. What do you mean by that? <laughs> so, I mean, the inevitable answer is, I would think, because most people don't seem to have anything to back it up. It's just, well, well. Well, in the Old Testament, people killed people, and 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 then you 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 climb down that hole and 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 delve into that a little bit more. But if we're wanting to white or not whitewash, blanket treat all religion, 
I think any discerning person would recognize the need to be discerning and discern between one and the other, what one teaches versus another. If you wanted to go the route of, um, uh, of a religion or atheism, we could point out all day how, how many problems atheism has caused in, in China, communist China and Russia in the past century, etc. We can play that game all day long. I think at the end of the day, it's a situation where you want to you want to look at the people who are doing the, the the killing, the misdeeds, whatever they may be. What justification are they giving for that? And then track that back. Could people be giving justifications? Could, could people be killing people, say, in the name of of Christian, you know, understanding of God, and then writing screeds about that? Yes. Does that track? Exactly like what you were just saying. Does that track with the witness of scripture, what the church has always taught? Of course not. Somebody comes along and is killing in the name of the prophet Muhammad and Allah and all this stuff. Does this track with what that religious system has always taught? Yes, by and large, it does. So I, I guess just return to the sources in that sense. I'm kind of probably jumping around, but these are scattered well, that, thoughts on a Sunday night. Other, one of the other things that I would point out is a lot of times when people make statements like that, they're not statements that are based on logic and study and and thoughtfulness on the topic. For sure. But rather it's frustration being borne out. I want to lash out. I'm angry about what happened. And this group did it. And I don't have anyone of this group to lash out at but you're over here. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to draw a connection between you and them, however tenuous it may be, and I'm going to use that to justify lashing out at you because mm -hmm. I can't lash out at them. Yeah. So one of the things to remember, too, is even when people are lashing out at you, a lot of times that has nothing to do with you. So just bear that in mind and, and try and be patient and calm and ask questions to deflect and slow them on down and all that good stuff. Good point. Sound good? Yes. All right. Well, Jesus is going to ask questions and such like that, and let's get on. <laughs> okay. Uh, 34. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. All right. Even though you've missed the, the historical stuff, I'm going to bring up something very simple. Amen, amen. That's what truly, truly is. Jesus breaks out the double amen shotgun. <laughs> All right? Everyone who, who, who practices sin, everyone who, let me see how this actually does it, everyone who, who goes about doing sin is a slave to sin. This is something that speaks very true to, and it's one of the things that we confess all the time. It's the beginning of our worship service. If you've done sin, you're a sinner. And you know what? You don't get your way out. You, you don't get yourself out of that. You don't work your way out of it. Um, I, I was replaying my Star Wars, the old Republic video game. I, I started a new character. And, and going through the dialogue conversation, it's one of the ones where you don't actually get to control directly what your character says. Mm -hmm. and, and you come across someone who basically betrayed you. And, you're, and, and the option I picked was to, like, oh, encourage them. And it's, I want you to spend the rest of your life trying to atone for what you've done. <laughs> okay, not quite exactly what I had in mind, but oh, but but there there's that idea of of once you've broken it, you've broken it, 
And so here's the reality that Jesus says, you are a slave to sin. The only way you're going to be free is if I come in, the son, I come in and free you. That's it. So if you take 37, 38, we'll finish there. Okay. Uh, I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. All right. Now here's where Jesus points something out. Even though they claim to believe, ah, no, my word really hasn't stuck with you guys. I know that you guys are offspring of Abraham. You don't have to bring up your culture. Yay, you're from the right culture. I've come to save the entire world, Jew and Gentile alike. You know, okay, it'll be kind of a neat thing. Yeah, we're, we're Jewish. So is Jesus. Awesome. But you know what that gets you? Not a lot of different stuff. In the, uh, it's, you, you get to the book of Revelation, they're, they're all in the same place, man. All right? So basically Jesus is undercutting their pride. Their self-identity. Uh, almost like the uh, the pride that we might have as being Americans. We're Americans! We are! Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. how, how, how often have you heard in the past week, or will you hear in this next coming week, someone say, we are Americans, and by George, or by whatever, blah, da, 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 something shouldn't be happening, or we should have this. Or well, as I've tried to turn the uh, political talk radio off in the past week, because it's annoying me, less than normal, but... It, normally quite frequently. <laughs> there is that, that pride that comes in. Jesus says, no, no, no. This isn't about your pride and who you are. This isn't even, we're Lutherans. We know our... No, no. Get rid of that. Forget all that. Mm -hmm. Who are you? You're a sinner who needs to be saved. Now, now this is good. Not, be, not good that you're a sinner. But, but it's fortuitous, for I am in fact the Son who has come from the Father to save you. I speak of what I've seen with my Father. Now, the problem is, you guys are stuck dealing with your father. Who's your father? Who's your daddy? Well, we're <laughs> going to find that out next time. Perfect. All right. All right. In that case, we'll wrap up this week's episode and, uh, I guess, bring it on in next Thursday. All right. Yeah. H have safe travels if you're traveling and all that good stuff. All right. For sure. All right, have guys. Have a good one, y'all.